משורר התשובה הנולדת, הנולדת כבר, הנולדת כבר, ואם בשחקים עודנה צלולה, שמה נשמעתך בצלול החיים. משורר התשובה הנולדת, הנולדת כבר, הנולדת כבר, ואם בשחקים עודנה צלולה, שמה נשמעתך לצלול החיים. Oh, oh, oh. 
haven't sung that song in a very long time. Those words are from Rav Kook, Meshorer Tshuva, poet of Tshuva. Are you born yet? The beginning of Elul, we hear those words of Rav Kook, whose 86th Yorzei tonight is still calling out to us, asking us, you and I, the individual, are you born yet? The poet of Tshuva that lies deep within each and every one of us. Have we, have we discovered it? Has it been born? If it hasn't been discovered yet, you don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. There's someone in the world, not maybe, most probably. There's someone in the world who is definitely counting on you to discover your own sound of tshuva, your own path of tshuva, to talk about it, to share and reflect what Elul is like for you. Rav Kook is urging, is really, he's really asking all of us to take the plunge and to have enough guts to attempt to be as poetic as you could possibly imagine and express what it means, what Elul means to you. What does Elul mean to you? And Rav Kook is giving us some kind of a guarantee saying, you know, someone out there, they're going to benefit from it tremendously. Maybe if you don't, you know, you'll also, but definitely, there's someone else out there that's going to benefit from your own screaming of the heart. So dearest friends, we haven't learned together in a very, very long time. Too long. But Baruch Hashem, we have right now, we have Gimel Elo. I found it to be a really, just a very, very special time to take this uh, opportunity and tune into the light of the Kohen Gadol, of Rav Kook, who, like I wrote today in the, in the mailer that went out, that to describe what he means to us would be a pesha, it would be a crime. How do, you, how do you describe what air means to you? And sometimes when we spend a little bit of time away from Rav Kook, and then you go back to it, you wonder how on earth did I think that I could, that I could do it, you know, that I could do without him. How could it be? I feel very strongly that Rav Kook is still a mystery. It's still the, just the surface is being scratched. But I know that if there's someone that I'd want to stand next to, all of Elul, specifically all of Elul, and I'd want to ask for his eyes, and I'd want to ask for his heart, and I'd want to ask for his ears, and I'd want to ask for his direction and his rhythm within Am Yisrael, it would be the Kohen Agadol, it would be Rav Kook's Chusil Recently, there was some footage that just came out Footage that has yet to appear. You should try to find it online. I think my dear Chaver, Yaakov Klein, and his beautiful Lost Princess Initiative, I think they posted that footage. You see, you know, you hear concepts like noble or regal. Rav Cook. there's something about him, just the way he looked, the way he gazed at people, brought Ha'ala'at malchut. He kind of brought back nobility to the world. And you could find that same thing that you get, that you feel when you look at a picture of him, you could find it in his words. Generally speaking, when we talk about Rav Kook and Elul, everyone runs to his very, um, I guess, his one of the most famously um, compositions of his, which is Orot HaTshuva, Lights of Repentance. I don't know anyone that started learning Orot HaTshuva and Elul and actually completed more than two or three prakim. Orota Tshuva is a book, The Lights of Repentance is a Sefer that should be learned every single day of the year. I too have this, I have this, I don't know if it's a taiva, but every year in Rosh Chodesh Elul, 
I just, I'm going to say, okay, this year, this year I'm going to do it. This year I'm going to run inside. But Oros HaTshuva is for all year long. It's what I wanted to do tonight is to look at a letter. A letter that Rav Cook had written in 1933, towards the end of Elul 1933. It was right as Rav Cook was, uh, was finishing the famous Masah HaMachanot. I have a beautiful book of it. This is Rav Cook and Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld traveled around all the Moshavim up in the, in the, in the Shomron and the Galil. And after that, every time Rav Cook would speak about meeting Am Yisrael and meeting them where they are, the words that would emerge from Rav Cook regarding tshuva were a little bit different. I know that Part of me just wants to say, listen, tshuva is exactly what the Rambam has sa- says. And of course that's true on the, on the one, you know, one, one rovid, one level. But we know that there's something that our neshamas are crying for, which has yet to emerge yet, and that's something, it's basically elevating ourselves to look at the world differently. As high and as special as I was able to learn how to look at the world last year, I know I have to continue to work on looking at the world in a much higher way. And this is exactly what I wanted to do tonight, to learn from this letter from Rav Cook, simply as to how to look at the world. You know, there is this goal that we get to. Everyone has their favorite, um, their favorite moment in davening. Everyone has their favorite pasuk in tefillah, in, in Yoshana Yom Kippur. Uh, for some people, it's... Uh, uh, by us, that's a very big one. You know, by some people, maybe it's a, um, I don't know, whatnot. There is one beautiful, powerful statement that I want to focus on, we're going to be focusing on tonight, and that is the famous words, and Aguda means something that's bound up. Recently, I was on a podcast and was, I was asked about how do you see the state of the Jewish people today? And it was a moment where I could have gone to the politically correct answer of saying, oh my God, we're so, you know, we're so beautiful. It's just the media that shows us the negative parts, but really we're so beautiful. But at the moment I was feeling whatever I was feeling and I shared that I have to, I need deeper, I need better glasses. I need to see it better. I need to see that deep down inside, we really are an aguda achat. You would think that after a year and a half of being in and out of this very uncertain time of Corona, we'd have a deeper understanding of the preciousness of life and the incredible privilege of knowing so many people. And we see that it's still a Torah, it's still an Avodah. Some of us feel like we haven't even begun to really do that work, and maybe now Hashem is giving us another opportunity to understand what it means, kulam aguda achat shalem, that to do your Ratzon HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to do your Ratzon with a full heart, we, need, we still need to focus more on what it means to get it together. So, I believe very strongly that the letter we're going to be seeing right now will take us on a journey of tshuva, will explain to us what tshuva is more or less offering to us when we choose to emerge as poets of tshuva. 
you shall see the letter in front of you right now. Koach kamus shel hatzeada letova yeshno bechol hamachanot. Let's let's start reading. Rav Kook says, "Be'omdenu al saf hashana chadasha." This is 1933. He says, we're about to finish this, this year and go into Tafresh Tzadik Dalid. It's basically a year to... A, this is two years before Rav Kook passed away. As we stand at the end of this... Uh, towards this new year, we must get closer and closer to the rhythm of tshuva, ha-mevi'ad ge'ula u-refu'ah la'olam. I know that tshuva has become a very personal journey, and we'd like to measure the avodah of tshuva we've been, do- we've been doing based on how do I feel about myself once Elul is over? Do I feel like when I stand before the melech on Rosh Hashanah, I myself am cleaner? But Rav Kook has says this in many different places. Tshuva has a rhythm that how do you know that it's been it's been coming down into the world or not? Well, it brings there's a, there's a there's a scent. It brings geula and refuah laolam. It brings healing to the world, healing both physical healing and of course spiritual healing. So the question we have already right now at the get go is: I want you all to go back to last year, if you can remember. Go back to Elul Tavshin Pei. And now get a sense right now, based on last year, do you feel that in the world that you've come in contact with, there's been more of a refua to the world? And that despite what, or in spite of what you're supposed to believe, that we're closer and closer, is there a sense of Geula being closer or not? And it's so deep, it's so, it's so nerve-wracking to go there, and you've got to be very vulnerable and be like, okay, let me look into my heart. Let me try to remember what last year was like. Where was I? What was I davening? Was I in, be- in quarantine? Was I out of quarantine? Where was I? Where was I? Of Cook says, when I, when I go towards this, uh, like he called it, we'll put this letter back up. When I go back to the orach tshuva, to the scent, to the rhythm of tshuva, to the lifestyle of tshuva, lifestyle of tshuva brings geula and refua to the world. Now look what Rav Kook says here. It's frightening that he said this uh, 85 years ago. Frightening. Uh, sorry, 87 years ago. 88 years ago. Mishtamshin etzlenu bishnei shemot hamechalkim et hakahal shelanu lishnei machanot. Rav Kook says we use two different words which divide our kahal, our larger community, to two different camps. Charedim Vechofshiim. So those of us are are much more acquainted with the with the term charedim. Chofshiim is how they referred to um, to chevra that uh, were not didn't seem like they took on a world of Torah and mitzvahs. Chofshi, you know, it's all akol b'sedem, it's all free. So look what Rav Kook says. It's lenu b'shne. Sorry, elu hem shemot achadashim shelo ayur gilim beumateinu klal. Cook says, we didn't ever use these types of words. This, 87 years ago, Rav Cook says, this is a new term that came about, I'm not sure exactly when, that there are two camps. There are Charedim, those who are in, in awe, Chared, 
And there's Chofshi, and they're the ones that aren't Chared, they're not in awe, they're not standing in the presence of the Almighty. These are, word, these are names that we, we, we didn't have before. You know, you and I, are most of us were born into a world with many more names of definitions and divisions. Back then, it was really these two, Charedim v'chofshim. These are names that we didn't have. It wasn't part of our Ummah. It wasn't part of our nation. And we must say that really, it was better when we didn't have these names. It was so much better. And I've shared with you, I think, um, I've shared with you so many times uh, what happened to me one time in, in, where I got the greatest jolt of Musar I ever got in my life. I was in Chicago. I was trying to have, running to catch a flight. There's this, there's this milchik place I used to go to before I would I would fly back to back home to Eretz Israel. There was a period I was going to Chicago a lot, and um, I forgot the name of it. Emma's maybe I don't know. Some place in Chicago was great, and right behind me uh, online there was a there was a, a, a chabadnik. It was a Lubavitcher chassid, and we started schmoozing. He told me he's from Milwaukee, I, and he asked me if I was ever there in Milwaukee, and I said to him, the truth is I was. I had a great concert a few years back with my father. My father and I performed together in Milwaukee in Temple Menorah, which is a Reform temple, and I said the word Reform to this Chabadnik, and he looked at me, and you have to understand, he was like very much excited to talk to me before that, but then when I said the word Reform, that excitement turned into a face of Musr, and he went like this to me, no, 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 no. That's not a word that the Rebbe allowed us to use. You believe it? That's not a word the Rebbe allowed us to use. We don't use that word. You went to David to perform for Yidin in Milwaukee. It taught me so much at that moment. Oh my God, did he teach me so much. I don't even think I have to explain why that moment of Musa was so beneficial for me. Hopefully, Bezrat Hashem. As Rav Cook ends, it's clear that the earlier days, prior to the days of using this terminology, was much better for us. Next paragraph. When you spotlight these two different types of names, do you know what happens? You sotemet et shelatikun. This is very frightening. You lock up, you conceal, you you basically prevent a derech of tikkun in the world. When I, if we keep on using these terms, what we're, what we're doing is we're not enabling a, 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 a coming of together. We think, no, the reform movement and the conservative movement and the orthodox movement and the modern orthodox movement and the le- all these names will love each other then that will bring about the great day. No, the great day is when these names cease to exist. When a yid is a yid is a yid is a yid. That's the derech towards the tikkun. A person who finds himself more shayach to the camp that calls themselves charedim, looks from up to down, looks down, he looks down at the other camp. 
וכשהוא מגיע למחשבה של תיקון או של תשובה, when he starts thinking about תיקון, about תשובה, about fixing things in the world, what does he do? הוא מפנה מבטו מיד אל המחנה השני, המתנער מתורה ומצוות. He immediately says, ah, this thing that needs תשובה in the world, It's because of them, as long as they are doing what they're doing, how does, how does anyone expect there to be tikkun in the world? They're chofshi, they're free of Torah and mitzvahs, the way that I understand it. He says, yeah, there needs to be tshuva in the world, over there. Ki elehem hadvarim mechuvanim, lahem velolo. The words, the need, the energy, the flow of tshuva, that's to those people that aren't keeping Torah the way that I know they should be. Ve'achofshi, and the person that calls himself chofshi, free from everything, what does he do? Be'vada'i choshev she'kol ra'ayon ha'tshuva ze'inyan charedi, she'eno shayach lo klal. The person that's not holding, the way we say holding, He looks at the person, you know, the Haredi, and he says, oh, no, no, that, that's for them. They're busy on trying to get holier and holier. We're, we're, it's not shayach to us. It's not my bag. I don't have to worry about it. So Rav Kook says, Tov me'od la'adam. She'yeshakua b'chishuv cheshbon olamo. You know what each person has to do? When you hear any concept that, that has the words tikkun or tshuva, You, you don't think about your community. You don't think about their community. You don't think about your parents' community or your siblings' community. You have to be immersed in the calculation of your own world, your Dalid Amot, where you are. Like Rav Kook says in Onus HaTshuva, you have to take what you think you need to be worked on, put it on the easel, and gaze at it, and just look at it. That's all you have to worry about. You're not busy doing anyone else's tshuva. Lechatet b'mumav, you have to kind of peek around your own blemishes, while lehabit b'ayin yafa ala ha'cherim, while you have to look with a good eye on other people. She'yachol liyot she'yesh b'matzpunam otzar tov ha'kamus min ha'ayin. This is the key word. Yachol liyot, it could be, That there is in their matzpun, in their hiding place, like tzafun, right? In their hiding place, something, some kind of a great treasure which is concealed from the eye. Like in, in, in other words, every single time that you look at a group of people, or you look at another shul, or you look at another school, or you look at, I don't even know what, you look at a chevra that are simply not where you think they should be, Rav Kook says, you know what the greatest, greatest thing you can do for yourself? The greatest thing you can do for yourself is to be under the, the pretty much confident assumption that what they have stored this, uh, in a place that you can't see is a, is a treasure chest of goodness. You just don't know about it. And that's how you have to take a look at every single... Every single um, group of people that you may not, you know, I'll P.I.I. and think there's anything really divine over there. Shtuyot. Every time you see someone. Every single time. 
especially people that you say there's nothing good there. Rav Kook says, Yesh b'matzpunam otzar tov akamos minayin. Alenu le'achlit. Rav Kook says, you got to make a decision. Alenu le'achlit. Shekoach kamos. That a tremendous amount of strength. Shel hatseada letova. Of the march towards goodness. Yeshno bechol hamachanot. Uvechol ishei ha'uma. There is a good amount of goodness that is found in every machaneh and in every person of the nation. In every single camp there's a lot to fix. You know, it would be so easy if Rav Kuk didn't say this. Because it's easier for me to disqualify. Because then I can somehow... Uh, I could somehow have an easier time with 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 making decisions as to who I should mekabel from and who I shouldn't mekabel from. That's what we do all the time. It'd be easier for me. But Rav Kook says, In every group, yes, of course, there's something to fix, but there's something amazing to gain from as well. Nitvadana ish el achiv b'shem kol Yisrael. ותתקיים בנו התפילה המקודשת. And he says, when we do this, and we allow ourselves to decide that we're going to believe that there's good by them, and good by them, and for us Orthodox Jews, I can't, you know, I can't really talk to any other crowd right now, aside from those that you know, I live amongst and that label themselves as such, but for those Orthodox Jew, people that are Muslims, Orthodox, whatever that, on whatever level that means, I have to decide that when I imagine what's happening somewhere else, even if by me it's like I could never live like that for myself, there is a treasure chest of good. Once I do that, Rav Kook says, then there's going to be a tefillah that you're going to say on Rosh Yom Kippur that will actually have place to be mit kayem. There'll be a place where it can actually lead chazek. This holy, sanctified prayer will take place within us. That eventually every single soul, every single person on the, on the face of this planet will express and scream out that everyone will become bound up in one binding. In order to do your ratzon with a full heart, the Yasu Hulam Aguda Achat Lasot Ritzoncha Benevav Shalim. You know, to do your ratzon, Hashem Ibrach, we have to learn halacha, how to know how to do things right. But there's no halacha that says what Rav Kook just said right now. There's no halacha that says, I have to be determined that when I look at another camp, I know that they have an arsenal of good that I just can't see right now. So it's not written to me. I'm not told that. However, Rav Kook says, well, you're going to be saying that in a few weeks in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So part of our Elul is, you know, part of our Elul prep is, is that while I'm working so hard on refining my character, and Rav Kook would say during Elul, one should go through all of Mesilat Yesharim, if possible. Go through Mesilat Yisharim. So although Rav Kook is saying, always, you know, you must, individually speaking, there is always work to do. And like he said, think about your own uh, mumav 
your personal blemishes, However, while I'm doing that, the, it goes hand in hand that while I'm doing and working on myself, I'm making a decision that any single group of Jews that until now, even right now this second, let's face it, makes me sick, I'm determined to be decisive in my, in my approach to them, that there's an arsenal of good within them that's marching towards goodness. And even if they're completely confused, there's a huge amount of goodness that's right there. And the more that I look at them with those eyes, I basically do what Rabbi Nachman says with Azamra, I am able to elevate those that need to be elevated, but I'm able to be much more shalem with words that show up in the machzor of the Yasuchulam, Aguda Achat Lasot Tzoncha Belevav Shalem. I feel like I feel so much. I mean, honestly, every time we read anything from the machzor, uh, any time during the year, it brings this extra excitement. But especially right now, like we just said, this Yasuchulam Aguda Achat Lasot Tzoncha Belevav Shalem. I just got so excited. I, I, you know, we've been working so hard on planning with our community, with our shul, and also with virtual stuff and all these different things. And we see how no one has any idea what's going to happen already, even this yantar, right? But right now, I just left all of that and I thought about the machzor, our, our precious machzor, the place where I want to feel at home, and I usually do feel at home more than anything. So Rav Kook brought us to the words
We should all be given, we should be blessed that this year the Avoda we do in Elul provides for us a very homey feeling with the words It shouldn't just be it shouldn't just be lip service but that I show the Ribbon during Elul I'm making decisions, a lot of decisions about life and I'm going to be so decisive regarding the way that I think, believe, and look at every group of Jewish people that are simply trying to figure out what you want of us, Master of the World. We should all have a lot of atzlacha in that, and a continued, beautiful, peaceful, and healthy Chodesh Elul.